女士们、先生们。Hao fans of Shukvastan, and welcome to day two coverage of the Beijing 2022 Olympics on Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host. <coughs> I am your host, Jill Jarrett, joined as always by my lovely co-host Allison Brown. Allison, me, how how are you? Me, how? It's only day two, and the two of us sound like we've been screaming at a concert for three. <laughs> Yours is from cold. Mine is from. I have no idea why. <laughs> that not sleeping already, so gonna try to rectify that soon. But、uh, yeah, I'm com- coming to you、uh, from the main media center again, and they are vacuuming the carpet, so you might hear some noise in the background. Got some people around me. You know, I came to an empty table row, and then I I went and had some dinner. I had robot dumplings. Oh my! So I have a little video, even though you're not supposed to take video anymore. <laughs> like, don't no filming of the robots. I guess they're sensitive. But had my robot dumplings. They were nice. It was cute to watch the thing. But I mean, they're mostly like boiled in water for several minutes, and then they dump out and you scan a code. But by a robot, so they taste so much better. <laughs> well. It was it was something hot that was nice, I will say that because it's been another cold day, and I guess it's affecting things out on. It's definitely affecting things that I saw, so it's affecting a lot of other things too. I'm curious to see how that goes for the rest of the games and if it will continue to affect things, because oh I, <laughs> oh, oh, it, I have to look and see what I put on my schedule for viewing. Because I've、uh, heard that February seven, thirteen, and eighteen are supposed to be strong cold winds coming down from like Mongolia, yeah. And I just saw that and went, "You see what you have planned, and if you can be in- indoors in the ice, that would be nice." <laughs> well, because considering what I watched today, and we'll get to it when we go to each one of the sports, was today not strong cold winds? Because it looked、oh. a little scary out there today. It. It was strong and cold, but I also have a feeling that might be normal for that area. Wow! Yeah. So, anyway, before we get to that, we have our segment. What officiating or volunteer job would you like to do, Allison? What would you like to do? I am a panda girl. <laughs> so we had our first medals awarded today, and I don't know who started. I think Vancouver started this, where they have kind of a, a ceremony at the venue, and then the official ceremony later. So, at the venue, they have a little ceremony where you where you get a panda. The girls come out, and they have those beautiful, stunning, fur-trimmed coats that we talked about a couple of shows before the game started. And I wouldn't want the pressure of being a medal girl, because that's you know the big official ceremony. The panda girl just seems like so much fun, and you get that amazing coat with the matching fur hat. Yes, and yes, I saw them in person at the biathlon venue. I put pictures on Facebook because I was walking around at the end, and I saw them, and I saw the pandas in the trays, and I went, or actually, you know, I saw. First blocks that I thought would be podium. I'm like, are these podium blocks? Maybe. And then I turned to my left, and there were the panda girls. And I thought, panda girls. Oh my gosh, I have to take pictures. 
were they as beautiful in person? Oh my as gosh, they, they were because it's all the coats are embroidered. Oh yeah, so that's all stitched in, and so it looks so nice and so sharp. Those are going to be on eBay at some point. <laughs> of course, there's like no Chinese woman who is as big as I am. So <laughs> what if we bet. bought? What if we bought two? So you know, we can. <laughs> So what right. do you feel in your travels today? Okay. Well, my officiating or volunteer shot that I want to do is at ski jumping. And there is there are a couple things that I'd like to do. So they had music playing. And anytime a jumper went down the hill, they banged a gong. Not It was not a... It was recorded gong. So that's because the wind changes so much and, you know, and they can say, I'm going, I'm not going, I'm going, I'm not going. And they decided that when somebody's actually going, they will let you know to look. And that's what the gong is for. And sometimes you get a whoosh at the end too. It's kind of when they come off the, the jump and that sounds cool too. The other thing at ski jump that I really liked was this green line, like a laser pointer line, but it was green that went across the track. And I had, I asked somebody about this and they said, oh, it shows who's got the, the farthest distance. But she also said it moves around a lot. And I did notice it. And I think it's more to, to help guide somebody to where their jump is going to be. Like where their best jump is. They'd be able to see that line on the snow and gauge. So give them a target. Exactly. Oh, nice. So I thought that was quite nice. That could be automated because it showed up like right when they took off. But somebody does have to input the data. And input you the, input data job. You know, <laughs> honest to Pete, I saw three guys in, Ome in Omega coats and they say an official timekeeper on the back. And I almost went up to them to talk timekeeping. And then I realized they were just bros who worked for Omega. <laughs> Probably in marketing or sales. Maybe you can meet them and they will introduce you. Oh my gosh. Maybe. I, I don't know. Offer them some robot dumplings. <laughs> they can get them on their own. That's nothing special. It's just a cat. But it's a robot cat. <laughs> All right. Fantasy League standings. Wow. We have a whopping 52 players in our Fantasy League, which is so exciting. We are topped by Einerson, who's got 27 points. Pergola has 26 points, and DNL has got 25 and sitting in third right now. So I haven't checked my league. I have to lock in tomorrow's. You're not doing well, Jill. I'm beating you. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll see. I, I don't know. I just choose a name sometimes. It gets easier. <laughs> I hope it gets easier. <laughs> but it's still fun. I will say that. It's still fun. Yeah, and people can still join us. And make up some points because it's not going to be hard to beat me. And apparently this time it's not going to be hard to beat Jill. Ouch. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's look at today's action. Starting with biathlon, we had the mixed relay. This is a four by six kilometers. Women to men. Gold went to Norway. Silver went to France. Bronze went to ROC. Whoa. This was a nail biter at the end. It was, This was just, the, the whole thing was just amazing because... At the beginning, Norway strong strongly favored to win this, of course, because you have 
the Boo Brothers. You have Marta Oldbull Roysland, who is killing it on the World Cup this year. And then you have Tyrell Ekhoff, who has won the World Cup last year. The weather played so much of a factor in this. Because the first... Something happened with Marta's gun. And I don't know what it was. Because it took her forever to get her first shots off. She had to mess up with something. And from where I was in the press tribune, which was on the same line as the penalty loop. So I could kind of see the range, but not too much of the range. I had to rely a lot on the screen for how everybody shot. And then I could see some of the skiing. And I will say that the organizing committee did a good job of picking venues that would look good or good, a good job of designing venues that would look good on TV. And also a better audience experience in the stadium because you get to see a lot of the skiing. Usually in biathlon, they go out into like the woods and mountains and they come back in to shoot. For the course here, they kind of go around. So there's an element of, if you're off on the side in the press stuff, you can see them go off out onto the course, but then they make kind of a hairpin turn or U-turn and they come back and they go over the shooting range. So if you're sitting in the middle, you see them cross over in the shooting range. And then they come back around somewhere and uh, f- finish in front of you. So it's really kind of cool that you get to see a lot more of the skiing than you normally would. So much wind that it, it really, you could tell, it, shots were going everywhere. And the people who either just waited for the wind to go... Or I don't know how some of them just shot so well. But it, it really played a lot of havoc. Emilien Jacqueline said, he's from France, and he said in the press conference afterwards that he had a lot of problems on one of his shooting uh, bouts because his fingers lost dexterity and, like, the bullet. You could see the wind on TV. You could oh. see how fierce that wind was. And it was interesting watching the shooting because like you said Johannes Tinkas bow which we'll talk about because we are obsessed with the bow brothers was shooting so fast he would just get in there shoot and be gone and everybody else was taking much longer and I figured it was because of the wind but yeah. oh my God, your fingers freeze what do you do you try to get the dexterity back somehow it's really hard I don't know I and so I went to part of the press conference and I didn't see all of the race live because it was cold so i'd go inside and warm up for a little bit and of course you miss stuff with the travel back to the media center in the venue but jt was not at the press conference because apparently he's in close contact isolation he can still compete but like he wasn't there at the press conference they had to answer for him so someone one of the amazing things about these athletes is that they can field questions in other languages and respond in multiple languages as well so they were answering of course there were plenty of norwegian questions and they would just answer in norwegian then they had uh, a question in chinese so they had to dig out the headphone translators and then they answered that in english it was really interesting but i will say the chinese reporter asked what they thought of the course basically yeah and were the Norwegians quite neutral? They were very careful. I think carefully chose their words because I don't think they were very happy with. I don't. I'd go out on a limb right now and say 
probably nobody's thrilled with this course just because the the sheer cold and the wind and it's rough yeah and we all knew it was going to be like this in a way because you know you're going to a land that's got no snow here and it's really windy and it's very cold but he did say oh looks i've heard it looks good on tv (laughs) yeah i know and it just he was very careful of how he talked about it but I'll be curious to see the competition as it goes along and see what actually happens and if the wind keeps being a factor because it really just whips in from one side. And same with like the ski jumping. It was windy for that too and it's got a little wall thing that kind of protects the venue from it. I don't know, man. What happened to Italy? Because Doro did really well considering other people around her were falling apart. Both of the Italian women, when they finished, because the, the two women go first, and then so I, I saw the two women, and they were in the top three, and then all of a sudden the Italian men get on the course and just couldn't shoot. Oh, that's a shame. And the U.S. was in third after Claire, because Claire was second. She shot well. Beautiful shooting. So for which is first? Prone was first. So she did prone first, missed one shot, took one of her extra charges and hit it. Her second round, she was clean and fast. That bodes well. Like she's peaking right at the right time. And what was really funny was the feed announcer. I was I was listening to the OBS feed and he got very excited because both Susan Dunkley and, and Claire Egan are veterans. And he mentioned their ages and how they're veterans and how well they had done and how the U.S. was in in third place. So I think this announcer is a fan of of Dunkley and Egan. (laughs) He's like, ooh, look at the American women. Ooh, (laughs) look at that. Like he really got excited when she shot clean that second time. So it's always nice to hear our Shukvastanis get a shout out. But I'm thrilled for Claire. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah, that was great. And it just the first man, Sean Doherty, shot well. But then I guess Paul Schomer, whom I, I didn't see compete until the end and saw them finish and saw him overtake a Swiss skier to get into seventh place. So that was exciting. I also did see Marta Roisland is so intense. She was behind and she was skiing against Lisa Vitosi and from Italy and Vitosi was ahead and Marta just started skiing her little heart out past Vitosi like Vitosi was walking and it was just amazing to see how fast this woman skied and how intense I also did see a team get pulled off the course because if you get lapped you're done so the first man's leg lapped one of the teams at the end. I don't know which team it was because didn't get a chance to see that. But yeah, they got lapped. That's that was that's gonna be uh, sad to have your race end like that. But good day. We have a he has a diploma. Very exciting. Very exciting. And more importantly, she clearly had a good race. Yes, I know. For Claire, was what she was really. I mean, to have that kind of shooting day on these conditions. Exactly. So good. good. Exactly. Moving over to cross-country skiing, 
we had the women's uh, skiathlon today. So that's uh, 7.5 kilometers in classic style and 7.5 skating. And that was won by Teresa Johag from Norway, Natalia Neprieva from ROC took silver, and Teresa Stadlober from Austria took the bronze. I did see the venue in... Okay, so I was asked, like, how long, what's travel like for me? I budget a long time for travel because I know, like, today, made a mistake, went out of my way. Then I get on some of these buses that are loops, and I don't know where I'm at in the loop and what that means for me getting to my destination. So tonight, it was like I could have stayed at the biathlon press conference or I could have spent an hour and a half making sure I got to the train on time. And I spent the hour and a half getting to the train on time because we looped around. And I, I the one issue, the buses are getting better. I will say that. They're better labeled. They have, a Q, at least here at the media center, they'll have QR codes. So you can get the schedule right away. What they don't have a, a good handle on yet is putting names of the bus stops in Jean Jacou. So you have to. St- so what happens is you come into the train center, or you come into the railway, and you can take a bus out to the skiing section that is biathlon, cross country, and ski jumping, or you could go to the cluster that's the snow park with all the slope style and snowboard cross, and all the freestyle skiing. Well, within those clusters are several stops. So they drop you off at a security point. Security, uh, let's hold security points for another day because that's a whole other story. So they drop you off at a security point. Then you get on another little bus that just does a loop of that cluster, except for also within that cluster is like a hotel stop or a technical officials building or a broadcast center. And you don't know what is what because it all looks the same temporary building stuff. And there's no like, welcome to the cross country venue. Or Now, under normal circumstances, would these clusters be walkable? I actually was allowed to walk today. I couldn't Ooh. believe it. Yes, I got out of the security point checkpoint and I said, ski jumping? Because I see it right there. And they said, yeah, you could walk to that. And like, you will let me walk? and he goes well it's 10 minutes and I walked and then I couldn't figure out how to get in (laughs) you needed to find the unmarked bus stop and pretend you took the bus yeah that was basically it so I kind of walked around and I saw somebody walking in like one of the Scandinavian country uniforms or so I don't know if they were an athlete or not like how do I get into the venue she's like you gotta go like this way and I can't get out. <laughs> no, it was one of those kind of things. But yes, some of it would be walkable. It would be a long walk from biathlon to cross country, but you could get to biathlon and ski jumping or walkable. So that's kind of a bummer bit because it would have been nice to walk. I can't imagine what this place would be like with a ton of people, though. Not a lot of space? Yeah, no. In a sense, now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, it's kind of like Lake Placid, almost. That's tight. Yeah, it's tight. So, yeah, I do spend a lot of time planning logistics and also using the transportation because it takes a while to get around to places. 
are the buses warm? That depends. Oh. Sometimes you get a warmish bus, or sometimes you get a bus where the heat is on. That does not mean it's warm, but the heat is on. Sometimes you get a bus that doesn't have the heat on. Sometimes you get the bus that has the window propped open for COVID reasons. At least you're out of the wind. Yeah, yeah. And in Jean-Jacou, where I was today, they built little shelters for the bus stops, which is super helpful. Have you seen the Great Wall yet? Yes, and it's lovely. Oh, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't seen it on the feed or on TV yet, because it really is picturesque. It's behind the cross-country venue, and you can kind of see it behind the biathlon venue in one little part. It's this yellow line. And the cross-country venue is actually the better one because that has little towers along the side or along the way. Yeah, the shot we constantly are getting on TV is the overhead. It was taken by either a helicopter or a drone, the helicopters that were stalking you because you yeah. weren't doing well. <laughs> hard to tell what that actual distance is or what the ground level view would be. Right, right. And it's something like I need to, now that I know where it is, I need to see if I can see it during the day. Because I don't think I can. And the only reason I'm seeing it is because it's lit up at night. So it's kind of interesting. Like, oh, that's where it is. Okay. Far away. Not getting any closer. <laughs> they won't let you, that's for sure. No. Great Wall's not in the great close loop. <laughs> the Chinese really do know how to do a closed loop. I mean, they've been doing it for centuries <laughs> with, the, with the Great Wall. So, I mean, you're you're in good hands for that. All right, curling. We had three more sessions of mixed doubles today. The current standings are Italy's Italy's undefeated, six and oh, holy cow! I watched them yesterday against Australia, who unfortunately mm -hmm. also zero oh and seven. He must the Italian man. First mm -hmm. of all, he's a giant. He's got to be six feet plus, and man, can he throw that stone hard! Wow. He will just take out entire teams with one stone. <laughs> just amazing. So much fun to watch. A really different style than I've okay. seen before. Okay. I will try to find him. He'll be easy to spot because he's got to be like a head taller than everybody else. And he has this very handsome beard. Just look for the tallest, most handsome looking man at the curling venue. And that's going to be Amos Mosner. Okay. Duly noted. Sweden is five and two. Canada is four and two as is Great Britain. China is two and four. Norway is three and three, along with the U.S. And Czech Republic and Switzerland are two and four. And as you mentioned, Australia is 0 and seven. We've got curling on right now. They put CCTV on, so it's a Chinese game. It's China versus Canada. I'm guessing China does not win in the end. Oh, that may still be going on. Oh. Far out. Because not everybody has played seven games yet. Oh, okay. So so, it's still going on. Before we get to uh, freestyle skiing, we wanted to let you know about our red envelope campaign that we're having during the games. This show does cost money to produce, and while our listeners have been extremely generous in supporting us through our Kickstarter campaign that got us to Beijing, and also through Patreon patronage, we're coming... <clears throat> 
and also through Patreon patronage. We're coming up on two and a half years until another Olympics. So to celebrate the Lunar New Year, we're asking for donations of at least $8 to help us get through to Paris 2024. Go to com slash support to donate. And thank you to everyone who's donated so far. It's been really helpful and it really fuels our flame. Our, the cauldron that isn't within my heart for these games. Cauldronette. They actually have another flame in Jean Jacou. They have another snowflake with the flame inside. And it's the torch. It looks horrible. I'll post pictures. It just looks awful. And I know it's because one of the reasons they didn't do a big cauldron is they saw how much gas it caught. It, it takes to produce the big flame. And they're like, oh, we don't want to use so much energy. Never mind the two bottles of water minimum that I grab a day to use to brush my teeth because we can't use the sink water but it's an environmentally friendly thing and i guess the ioc was not yet ready to move to like fake flame but honestly if you wanted to go smaller make a tiny cauldron that fits in there don't just shove the torch in i think that's what makes me more angry is they just oh we're just gonna shove the torch in walter Wahlberg from sweden took gold michael kingsbury from canada took silver and Ikuma Horishima from Japan took the bronze. In ice hockey, our standings in Group A are Canada is 2-0, and is the U.S., which they just finished up their game against ROC. ROC is 1-1, and and Finland and Switzerland are both 0-2. All five teams in this group are going to move on to the quarterfinals. In Group B, Japan and Czech Republic are 2-0. and Sweden and Denmark are 0-2, and, and China is 1-1. and the top three teams in Group B will move on to the quarterfinals. Wow. Over in Luge. All right, moving on to freestyle skiing. What happened? What happened to men's moguls? So, well, first of all, I don't know how they made it down the mountain because that wind was insane at the start gate. I don't know how these guys were literally not getting blown off the course. Really? It was fierce. And Bradley Wilson, Arsha Klistani, made it down on his second run. It was clean. He just didn't make the top 20. Okay. Okay. That is that is good because it didn't look like a good day for him, which is sad. But we do have medalists. We had men's singles runs one and two. Anything? Do you know anything that happened? I didn't get to watch Luge yet. I know Chris Master, the U.S., is in ninth. I don't know where anybody else is standing. It just popped up on my... Of course, I'm in, a, I'm in the United States, so oh. my internet only tells me what the Americans are doing. No, okay, okay, that's right. The ski jumping, we had the men's Normal Hill qualification round, and then the women's Normal Hill did their entire competition. Okay, so I went to the qualification thing. You know what this was? 53 skaters, 50 qualified. No, I'm sorry. 53 skiers, 50 qualified. Is this like an Eddie the Eagle rule? I don't know, but I guess to get to the next round, they wanted 50 skiers and maybe they had more that they were going to have in this first round and people didn't come. I don't know, but it was just, it was so weird. It's just like, well, this is kind of not, not boring. Actually, it was kind of boring to watch live. I hate to say that. It really was. Part of it was because they had the 
no cheering. They did have fans there. The stands looked really full, but they were people just waving their little bing, bing dong bun flags as much as they could. And then when the one poor Chinese ski jumper came down, they cheered. But he didn't do very well because China doesn't have a very good ski jumping program yet. The announcer was very American because he knew that all three Americans came from Chicago. And it was just like, dude, why are you telling us all these American facts? I did see Simone Amon jump. He's been reigning medalist. That was kind of cool. And he was funny at the end because he was really happy with his jump and smiling and very chatty. This was also, speaking of chatty, this was also a venue where I kind of wandered around and I wandered into the mix zone, not realizing that you had to have an extra pass to get into the mix zone and just wandering where I'm not supposed to be. So I got to hang out there for a little bit and actually take in the view. But yeah, it was just, it was really hard to watch this and care because a so many jumpers were getting through and b just the crowd wasn't didn't know what to do we'll see that's a venue it's really cool looking the skiers take a funicular up the side to get to the top it's really that's really kind of cool but this one's on a list of possible white elephant venues oh yeah if they don't really work on creating a winter sports tradition nobody's going to use this venue Right, because it's not like it's they have a huge Asian tour for ski jumping World Cup. And it sounds like the conditions here are rough. So it's not like all these jumpers are going to be clamoring to come back and blown off by the winds of Mongolia. It's just <laughs> and especially for ski jumping. Mm-hmm. It's hard. But you could say that you've got a hill in Sapporo. You've got a hill in Nagano. You've got a hill in Pyeongchang, maybe. I don't remember if that was temporary or not. But you could have a little Asian circuit and, you know, that'd that'd be something. And it also would mean that these people wouldn't have to travel as much. But, yeah, this venue, oh, boy, nice, but we'll see. Well, the Um, women medals, and it was a very good day for Slovenia, of all places. Oh, nice. Yeah, they got uh, golden bronze, Ursa Bogotai got the gold, and then... Nika Krisnar got the bronze, and then Katarina um, Althaus from Germany got silver. I don't know how they got through the ski jumping competition today, honestly, when you were saying about the stopping and starting, because, you know, if it gets too windy, they Mm -hmm. just whole competition. We don't want to lose girls. Well, and they called competition, or they called canceled training for the men's downhill partway through training so like three three of the men got to go down and the rest did not so they were all kind of grumbly like oh these three stars got to go and we didn't get to go and they said well you know safety but i guess it was just cold there too you know you're talking about downhill mm-hmm. do you know who was doing some announcing for nbc about ted liggity not diggity he's in connecticut <laughs> i'm gonna go stalk him no, you're not. You are not going to do that. Can't stalk, won't stalk. <laughs> can I drive by and wave at him at least? You can do that. Over in snowboard, we had the women's snowboard slope style qualification runs. Her mouth just would not move the way her brain was telling her to move. Wow. Were they wearing like <clears throat> were they wearing face? No, a lot of them had gaiters. 
covering okay. their face. Some of them did, some of them didn't. I guess it's just what they're comfortable with mm-hmm. and, and vision wise. But yeah, a lot of them. What happened here? So Julie Marino, who is from my neck of the woods of Westport, Connecticut, she had a great run. She qualified, doing really well. They were trying to do a little interview with her at the bottom of the hill. The poor girl couldn't talk because I think her face was frozen. Oh, my goodness. Because you know you have that when your face gets really cold and you can't quite move your mouth properly because you can't really feel your face muscles. Mm Mm-hmm. I think she was having one of those moments, but she was really happy. She did great. It looked good. But the poor thing was trying to answer and be enthusiastic, but we're covered. But still, okay. it's brutal. Yeah, yeah. Because when the biathletes pull out the face tape, you know it's cold because they were all taped up. Over in speed skating, we had the women's 3,000 meters. Netherlands starting off with a victory. Irene Schouten got the gold. Silver went to Francesca Lola Brigida from Italy. And bronze went to Isabel Wiedemann from Canada. I love this little fact I came across. So if you are old or if you watched movies with your grandmother, you will have heard of Gina Lola Brigida, who is Francesca Lola Brigida's great aunt. Amazing. There's a song, but I can't find it on YouTube about Gina Lola Brigida that my grandmother oh. used to sing. So now I have to find it. If he knows what I'm talking about. Please send it to us at flamealivepod at gmail.com because I hear my grandmother just singing a few words of it and I can't get it. We also had some short track speed skating today. We had heats for the women's 500 and men's 1000, but then the mixed team relay had their competition and gold went to China, silver went to Italy and bronze went to Hungary. I saw a little bit of this in the train station. I saw some of the quarterfinals. So did you watch it? I watched it. So it reminded me very much of the Madison races that we saw for the first time in Tokyo in track cycling, where I didn't really know who was actually racing because all the skaters stay on the ice and the not racing skater is in the center kind of moving around. And then the racing skater is on the track, but it's a very small track, Mm -hmm. really compact. There's all these people on the ice and people are crashing into each other and there's all kinds of penalties which reminded me also of our complaint about rhythmic gymnastics and how every score was protested. Mm-hmm. Every race was protested. Oh, gee. Wow. It was a lot of um, who impeded who. And I don't know how they can tell because there are limbs everywhere. There are blades everywhere. So there was one semifinal where both ROC and the USA were disqualified. I don't know how they could see it because, you know, how many people are wearing blue suits and who can tell a blue from another blue arm? (laughs) But I I do still love watching the demolition derby that is short track. Yeah, I was watching it and had somewhat the similar experience, but nobody had been crashing. It was just all these bodies. And I kept trying to count laps to figure out when they passed off to another skater. I just could not figure that out. I had no clue, but we did see uh, someone we used to, we talked a lot about in Pyeongchang, which was Ariana Fontana. She is back again. She was racing. So that was fun. I said, oh, wait, I know that name. I remember that name. So, and uh, Irene Shouten just, she's a Dutch skater, man. Now they're taking over short track too. Shook Lestan watch. What are we looking for tomorrow? Well, 
are we looking for anything tomorrow? We are not looking for anything tomorrow because everybody's hurt. So Aww. Brianna is officially out of the tournament. USA Hockey did release that statement. They have not officially said what the injury is other than it's a left leg injury. Mm, okay. So her knee, not her ankle, not her foot, we're not really sure, but she is not going to be competing. Though they will, though the USA hockey team will be there. And we'll see if she uh, is on the sidelines with them. Other injury report is Alex Diebold crashed in training in Italy and he will be not going to Beijing. Yeah, he suffered a concussion. He's out of the hospital. He has some nasty bruising. He's doing well. Uh, he posted some pictures drinking some coffee at the Italian cafe. So he's healing up nicely, but I know he is extremely disappointed to not be making the trip. That is really sad. You know what's in interesting about the Brianna Decker thing is that on the we have a little system here that when you're credentialed, you can log into to get results and other news and things like that. They had a picture of her on a stretcher and said, this is not for release. This is for illustration only. So I think they're trying to be mindful of athletes' privacy in terms of the injury thing. So that's that, that I thought was really interesting. Nice little tidbit. But hopefully she's doing well and will be making a quick recovery. One of her teammates on Instagram posted a picture of them in the elevator. Several of the teammates and Brianna was in her wheelchair booted up but laughing with all of them so she's I, I hope she'll be able to stay in Beijing to cheer on the team because I know this is this means a lot to her yes yes all right on to happier news we have to talk about our mascot I know this is so exciting it's so much fun to have I mean Bing Duan Duan in, in person is very fun because it's big and awkward but we have mascots who are cute and cuddly too well, unfortunately, our mascot today is Luna, who is not the cuddliest of cats. Oh, no. <laughs> Apparently, she will only sit with her favorite human, who is Dad Andy. And I think this is because it is Year of the Tiger, and you cannot cuddle a tiger. Very good point. Very good point. But Luna is a lovely mascot to have, so we are very appreciative of her. And we would also like to thank our researchers for today, Francesca Rubico-Johnson and Allison. So that will do it for this episode. Tune in again tomorrow for uh, day two of competition. And we hope you'll keep celebrating with us. Please be sure to join our Keep the Flame Alive Facebook group. It is the place to hang out with us and all of our listeners. Jill is on Twitter. I am on Insta. And both those handles are Flame Alive. Uh, and both those handles are at Flame Alive Pod. You can also email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com or call or text us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAME-IT. You know, when you when you mentioned the email, listener Beth sent a whole bunch of hot takes on the uniforms, which I really appreciated because I didn't see all of them. We didn't talk about the New Zealand flag bearers wearing the fur capes, which I really loved, the tra traditional dress. She mentioned Mexico's Day of the Dead-inspired uniforms. I had a, a moment with the Mexican chef de mission today. They are cooler in person. The hood is lined with the skull fabric. Yes, on the inside. It looks like it's very silvery and sparkly. It's very nice. But I 
meant to mention that today. I saw it up close and in person. Like, wow, that is just a cool uniform. Except for there was a bit. I don't know what they had on there, but they had to cover it up. Yeah. Don't know. Speaking of covering up, another fun little tidbit. You can get taxis here. They're all black cars. But if they are not a Toyota, they have to have their uh, make and model taped up too. Mystery vehicle. Exactly. Don't exactly. Mystery vehicle, Jill. I tried today because I went some I went to the wrong place. But even though there were mystery vehicles sitting right in front of me, empty, I would have had to wait an hour for the mystery vehicle. You have to order it. I'm not winning today with transportation, but at least I allowed myself enough time to make a lot of mistakes. And I was not having okay transportation day because of that. So speaking of, I've got a plan out tomorrow, so we will catch you back here then. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, keep the flame alive.